0: The New York Giants battled but came up short in their quest to snap a 10-game losing streak to the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. And the clock struck midnight on Tommy Cutlets. I'll have thoughts on that, plus takeaways from the Giants' 33-25 loss, coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family. Your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P. Train, I'm coming to you on Christmas night. So, Merry Christmas to those of you who are celebrating the holiday. And unfortunately for the New York Giants, it wasn't a very Merry Christmas as they went down to Philadelphia. And they lost again. It wasn't quite the blowout that I think a lot of us were expecting it to be. But nonetheless, it was a loss. A loss is a loss. The New York Giants losing that game 33-25 to in Philadelphia. 11 now in a row that they have lost at the link. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, the clock has finally struck midnight for Tommy DeVito. So we're going to talk about that. A little bit then we're going to talk about some questions as they pertain to the Giants latest loss and I have a bunch of them things that I don't understand what they were thinking what they were doing but we'll talk about that and then where did the Giants go from here now that they are officially eliminated from the playoffs they have nothing to play for really the next two weeks other than pride and oh by the way They were basically uh, spent in this game, emotionally and physically. So these next two weeks are going to be very interesting, especially this next week coming up against the Rams, which is a short work week. So that's what we're going to talk about on today's program. Shout out to my everydayers, my Blue Crew community, my newcomers and everybody in between. So thankful for you all. You guys are the best. And there is no Lockdown Giants podcast without you. So thank you. As always, for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. All right, let's get into it. The clock has finally struck midnight on Tommy DeVito. Um, he was pulled from the game in the uh, after the first half of the game, and the decision was not due to any injuries. It was a coach's decision. Brian Abel telling Pam Oliver, the Fox Five uh, sideline reporter. The- part of the broadcast, that he decided to make it a coach's decision. DeVito had gone uh, 9 of 16 for 55 yards, took one sack, no interceptions, no touchdowns, 63.3 passer rating. But, you know, let's talk about this for a second here because, you know, Tommy DeVito has been on quite the run, Um, three wins against teams that you can argue were soft. Um, the exception maybe being Green Bay, who runs hot and cold. The last couple of weeks, playing a little bit better competition, they were able to uh, to not really move the ball with him uh, under center. But I think a big reason for Tommy DeVito, you know, finally having the plug pulled on him. And I want to stress that Brian Dable hasn't said for sure who's going to be the starter on Sunday. I think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. I think it should be Tyrod Taylor, but Dable has to make that announcement. Um, We'll see if he makes it tomorrow uh, or I should say on Tuesday when you're probably listening to this program or if he waits until later in the week. But that being said, um, the one thing that I think did DeVito win is the one thing I think a lot of us were also praising him for, and that is his ball security. Now you're asking yourself, how can that be? How could his ball security do him in? Well, here's the thing. Coming into this game, the Eagles had a shoddy pass protection, ranked 27th in the league, allowing 255.4 yards per game in the passing game to opponents. So coming into this game, if you're, if you're drawing up the keys, you say to yourself, okay, the Giants have got to take a few deep shots and test that Eagles defensive secondary. Well, folks, DeVito didn't do that. A lot of his shorter passes, um, there were a few that he missed that he should have made. They were either thrown behind a receiver or overthrown, took absolutely no shots down the field. All right. There were also some other things that he didn't do, I suspect. Um, Number one, the Hassan Reddick protection. There were two plays in which Hassan Reddick came in unblocked. And I don't know this for a fact. This is just my theory here. But if the quarterback is seeing this and the protections are off, isn't it the job of the quarterback to call an audible to fix the protection or at the very least call a timeout so that they can get the problem fixed? Instead, Hassan Reddick comes in barreling in unprotected, unblocked, and he makes a play for, for minus yardage. So that was a problem. But, you know, again, I think in terms of, you know, the ball security, DeVito just played, you know, I think afraid to make mistakes and didn't really test the Eagles down the field, whether it was because he didn't recognize what he was seeing or whatever the case may be. So the Giants needing a spark turned to Tyrod Taylor. They got something of a spark from him. Tyrod Taylor was able to push the ball down the field. So don't blame the protection for DeVito not doing it. Uh, Taylor was able to get the ball down the field on a few throws. And Taylor was also able to get points on the board. Whereas, you know, DeVito and company could not do that. So, you know, I think moving forward, if I'm Dable, I let Taylor be the starter the rest of the way. Now, some of you are going to disagree and say, oh, but the Giants aren't bringing Taylor back next year. They know what they have in him. Let DeVito continue to develop, etc., cetera, et cetera. I get all that. And it makes sense to a degree. But there also comes a time when you have to say to yourself, okay, is DeVito's confidence taking a beating? You know, he'll tell you that it's not. The coaches will probably tell you that it's not, but look at the film. The film doesn't lie. And I thought in this game, DeVito's confidence might have been taking a little bit of a beating there to where he wasn't taking chances, to where he was being conservative and doing, you know, staying within that level one of where he's at in his NFL career instead of starting to venture into level two and beyond. So if I'm the Giants, if I'm Dable, I stick with Tyrod Taylor. Um, give them the best chance possible to win these last two games. I don't think they will le- win these last two games, but you know, give them at least a chance, something to fight for, because it just seemed like the whole team kind of came alive when Taylor was in there in the second half. So, stick with that and see. You, you know, you never know. And I know, you know, at this point, the Giants are out of the playoffs and whatnot. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, later on in the program, but I think if you're Dable, you have to stick with Tyrod Taylor the rest of the way, regardless. All right, coming up, I've got some questions about this game. It seems like I always have questions about these games this year, but I'm going to explain what they are and why I think they played a big factor in the loss. That's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers Stay Hot on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and score big this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans. On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. The Giants losing to the Eagles. What else is new, right? I mean, I'd like to say, you know, we're used to it, but I can never get used to it. I long for the day. The Giants beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, in MetLife Stadium, in the playoffs, whenever they play them. But right now, just ain't happening. The Giants not in the same stratosphere as the Eagles. And again, we'll talk about that a little later in the program. But right now, I've got some questions as I was making my list of takeaways from this game. I have some questions that I wrote down, some venting that I'm going to do here. And I'm going to start off with a couple. Actually, I'm going to start off with one on defense, and I said this about one quarter of the way into the game, and I was glad I it was validated by Michael Strahan on the Fox halftime show. The tackling was awful. I don't know how many missed tackles the Giants had. I lost count. I mean, after a while, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, where are the fundamentals? why are the Giants going for the ball and not wrapping up the ball carrier? You know, were they pressing too hard? You know, I know a few weeks ago when they had all those missed tackles, I forget which game it was, but it was earlier in the season and that led to a, a tackling clinic that Wink Martindale set up as part of one of the practices. And I asked a couple of the players about that and they said that maybe they were pressing a little too hard. Well, maybe they were pressing against the Eagles here. Who knows? The bottom line is, is that They missed a lot of tackles. And, you know, at this point, it's week 16 of the season and you're still missing tackles. Now, I get it. In practice, they don't really work on that stuff because they're not in pads as much this year um, or this time of year, I should say. They, um, you know, they're not allowed to bring guys to the ground. I get all that. But, you know, tackling is a fundamental skill. It's like playing an instrument. If you don't practice that instrument every day, you're going to get rusty and eventually you're going to forget how to do it. So I don't know what the Giants do or how much time they spend on the fundamentals in practice, because as I've said to you before, the media is not allowed to watch the entire practice. But when you see these missed tackles start to add up, I think it's pretty safe to to wonder if they're actually doing anything about it in practice. So that was the first thing that really jumped out at me. The second thing that really kind of irked me a little bit was their handling a punter, Jamie Gillen. Now, Jamie Gillen and the Giants punt coverage team came into this game ranked as the number two overall punt coverage unit. And I said on Giants country, I wrote an article. I said, one of the matchups nobody's talking about that we need to be talking about for this game the Giants punt coverage versus Britton Covey. Britton Covey is probably the best punt returner right now in the NFL. So you add to the fact that Jamie Gillen last week when he had a kick for uh, Randy Bullock after Bullock pulled a hamstring, Gillen hurt a groin, his left groin. And it was revealed by Pam Oliver, who was the Fox Silent reporter, that Gillen had to wear a wrap around his left groin which interfered with his natural movement. So what happens? Gillen comes out and his first two punts are low line drives. They're just awful punts, which Kobe, by the way, returns for big yardage. I think he had, let me see, I think one went for 50, I want to say 50 some odd yards, 66 yards. He had one that went for 66 yards. The second one went for 12 yards both gave the Eagles short a short field, and both set up Eagles scores. So you could say that 14 points were spotted based on the punting. Now, the coverage was was part of the problem, but here's what really irked me because this is the second time this season the Giants coaching staff, the Giants medical staff, put a compromised kicker out there on the field. What? Is it going to take for them to learn that with a specialist, especially a kicking specialist, if they are compromised, you better think twice about putting them out on the field. I'm sorry. I mean, we we saw it with Graham Gano against Jets, and they said, "Oh, Gano's going to be fine." Well, he wasn't fine. We saw it then. Gillen, same situation. Oh, he's going to be fine. Did he look fine to you? Because he sure as heck didn't look fine to me. So you know this handling or mishandling of injured players. I just don't understand it. Is it because they're trying to save enough money or what's left of the salary cap to carry over into next year? Is it because they really thought that Gillen was going to be okay this week? I don't know. But when I saw Gillen on the, uh, the injury report and he was listed as limited, when you have a specialist and especially he's got an injury to his legs, which is what he needs to do his job. And you're putting him out there and exposing him. And especially in a game where, you know, there's a chance that he might have to punt multiple times, right? In this game, he only had to punt four times, but, you know, past history, you could say, oh, against the Eagles, he'll probably have to punt a lot more. I mean, I just thought it was a head scratcher. And I don't understand why they didn't maybe have another punter on the practice squad as a backup so that Gillen could either rest or, or not, you know, have to punt if, he, if that leg was, was bothering him. All right, what else didn't, did I question about this game? The officiating. Now, normally I am of the belief that the officials shouldn't end up deciding a game for a team. I think the Giants, in this case, they had enough opportunities that they blew in which they ended up costing themselves the games. But I've got to comment on the officiating here. The penalty against Bobby Okereke for delay of game, that one was borderline. All right, You can make an argument that, okay, the whistle blew and Okereke was still holding on to the ball and keeping it away from the officials, although I thought it was a ticky-tack call. But I could see their point of view there. The John Michael Schmitz one when, um, you know, later in the game where he was called for a false start for bobbing his head. And then, oh, by the way, it's about a second or two later, then Jalen Carter comes across the line and points at John Michael Schmitz. Says, hey, you drew me off across the line. That one, uh -uh. I think they blew that one personally. That one I did not like. You know, I mean, the O'Kara one, again, I could see what they might have been thinking, but I thought it was ticky tack. The John Michael Schmitz one I just thought was playing, you know what, fill in the blank. Um, and, oh, by the way, no pass interference called against the Eagles on that long pass to Wandale Robinson towards the end of the game. I think it was the second to last play of the game where the defender not only made contact with Robinson deep down the field, he never looked back. So, I mean, what was it? Were, were, were the officials, you know, saying to themselves, oh. You know we've called nine penalties on the Eagles, so maybe we should cut it off. I'm sorry, I didn't. The, the officiating today. Normally, I don't complain about it, but I I did not agree with some of the calls made today, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who agrees with that. But that said, I want to stress that I don't think the officiating is why the Giants lost the game. One last question I have about the game, and that was on that long drive. I think it was a 12 play drive by the Giants. Um, in the second quarter with about eight eight fifty-seven or so left in the quarter. The Giants had three fourth and one plays. First two, they went with it, went for it with Saquon. Everybody knew it was going to be Saquon. The third one, what did they do? Well, before the play was even before they even broke the huddle, I said it's gonna be carried to Saquon up, you know, in between the tackles. Sure enough. If I knew it, the Eagles knew it and they had it and they stopped it. So at that point, I'm saying to myself, okay, why are you going back to the well? I could see getting the ball into Saquon's hands because he's your best player, but why not try a pass? Why not put him on a stretch run or something like that? I mean, it was basically, I I thought it looked pretty much like the same play they had called. So where was the creativity? And of course, you know, Saquon got thrown for a loss of four yards and the Giants didn't make it. So best drive of the day day up until that point. And they came up with nothing to show for it. And I was just absolutely shaking my head, wondering what were they thinking there? Why weren't they a little bit more creative with that? You know, um, I'll also talk real quick about third down. There were about... Four or five third down situations, in which the Giants the execution just wasn't there. And you think to yourself, if they make those third downs, maybe this game turns out a little differently, right? So the Giants on third down. Let me just just check real quick. They finished four of fourteen for twenty eight point six percent in the first quarter, uh, first half. They finished one of eight on third down. You ain't going to win a lot of games if you're not converting on third down. But such is life. They didn't. And they have another loss to show for it as they fall to 5-10 and 10 on the season with two more games to go out of the playoffs. So what does this mean for the Giants uh, going forward? There's two games left. What do they have to play for? What can we expect? We'll talk about it after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices, you also get clear images of seat views and event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that code is LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase at Game Time. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P Train. And I hope, despite the fact that the Giants lost to the Eagles, those of you who celebrated Christmas had a very Merry Christmas. I hope Santa Claus was very good to you. And um, I hope, you know, well, we've got a few more another week or so left to the year, but here's hoping that 2024 is going to be a lot better for the Giants. And speaking of which, What's next for this Giants team? They're out of the playoffs now officially, not that they were in it entering this week's game um what's what are the you know what do we need to look for? What do we need to hope for? Well, as of now, the Giants did move up two spots in the draft order. They are currently slated to draft fifth. They do have a chance to move up as high as three if they don't lose if they don't win excuse me these last two games. But, of course, we'll have to see how everything shakes out. But uh, the Giants, you know, come come April's draft, I'm going to be happy because I like it sort of when they draft early, whether they trade up to get draft early or they naturally uh, end there. I like it because it means I get done early with the draft. But that being said, the Giants should be able to get themselves a really good playmaker for 2024 and beyond whether that's a quarterback, a receiver, an edge rusher, that stuff we'll talk about in another show. But Giants, you know, they kind of benefit it. If you're not going to the playoffs, um, you know, the consolation is that you know you're going to get a a high draft pick. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a stud because, as I've said before, that, you know, you can sometimes draft in the top, you know, 10 and, Get yourself a dud, which the Giants have done in in some of the uh, last decade or so. But it does improve your chances of getting a stud. And, you know, I'm not saying the team should tank. I will never say that a team should tank. But, you know, if the losses happen organically, they happen. What are you going to do, right? Now, here's the biggest thing for me for the Giants. You know, at the start of the year, we talked about did the Giants close the talent gap? At all between themselves and the Cowboys and themselves and the Eagles. And at this point in the season, we can definitely say they did not. Until such time when the Giants start winning games in their division. Right now, the only wins they have in the division are two wins against the commanders who are worse than they are. So until the Giants can at least start getting a split. With the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, we can't say that they have come close to closing the gap. Now, I don't want to hear about injuries. I know that that's a factor, but you know what? The Eagles had some guys that were banged up and missing. The Cowboys have had some injuries. All right. I don't think we can sit here and say that the Eagles and the Cowboys are the, you know, creme de la creme in the NFL right now. You know, as compared to, say, the um, 49ers, who I think are going to end up the number one seed, or the Baltimore Ravens, who are just, you know, tearing it up in the AFC. I don't know that you can say that the Cowboys and the Eagles are in that class. Maybe not far off, but not in that class. But that said, the one thing that I had said the Giants needed to prove to show that they made progress was they had to close the gap and start winning some of these division games. They did not do that, except for the two against Washington. So they are now two and three in division play. All right, They faced the Eagles one more time, that in week 18, a game that they will probably be um, the underdog, a game that they may or may not win. I'm not counting on them winning. So that would make them two and four in the division if they lose that game, which means that this year the team took a step back. Injuries or no injuries? Again, you know, every team has them. Every team's got to deal with them. Good teams find a way to overcome them. So that being said, when we look back at the Giants' 2023 season, yes, there were injuries but there was also a lot of disappointment. And I think this team took a step back from the year prior and in future shows, I'll go into more detail and I'll have more opinions. Also bring on some guests to talk about it. But to say that this was a step forward for the giants mm -mm. can't go there. Just can't. So what will the future bring? Well, they'll have some cap space you know, again, they'll, they should have a nice draft pick, you know, in terms of the draft order. And if they, you know, are smart about it, they will get get a stud, hopefully. Um, they also have a lot of question marks. Evan Neal, for example, who was placed on IR. Is he the future at right tackle? We're going to have an article about that coming out on Giants Country for Tuesday morning in which we explore that. You know, what are they going to do with quarterback? What do they, you know, do, do they have another edge rusher that they can add? So many questions unanswered for this team and a lot of work for Joe Shane and Brian Dable, both of whom will be back. I would be surprised if they're not to answer and address. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Left on Giants podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, be f- sure to tune in the rest of the week. We'll have a show, all new shows for you Wednesday and Thursday. Of course, will be the crossover uh, with Lockdown Rams. And I'm going to see if I can get hold of Tana and Dog because it's been a while since I've done a live stream show. So I'm going to see if I can get them. You know, now that I'm over this COVID stuff that I had to deal with earlier in the month. So just little things that I'm going to see if I can I, I can pull up for you guys. So thanks for tuning in again, Patricia Trainer here signing off. I will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.